You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. are in and pretty much all of the draft ranking people gave the Kings like an A, an A minus maybe on their draft this year. And today on Locked on Los Angeles Kings, we're going to break down all of our new boys. You're listening to Locked on Los Angeles Kings. My name is Sarah Avampato. I'm your host. And today we're talking the rest of the draft. On our last show, we talked about Quentin Byfield, spent a little time looking at him, what he can bring to the table for the Kings, uh, which is basically everything. But as usual, the Kings did a pretty great job with the rest of the draft as well, making some pretty strong selections on day two of the draft, which, uh, to be honest, feels like it took approximately forever. I feel like the virtual nature of it, the, I guess, everyone having to pick up the phone and call people, uh, made it just take so much longer than the one dude at the table speaking into the microphone. But regardless, at the end of the day, at the end of like eight hours of drafting, the Kings made some moves, drafted some kids, and helped fill out their prospect ranks even more. So we're going to spend a little bit of time on each of the guys that the Kings drafted this year, aside from Quentin Byfield, who we talked about already. Hopefully, over the next couple weeks, I'll get some people on who can give us some more insight into some of these players, give us a little bit of a deeper dive. So today is just sort of the overall picture of who some of these guys are. So first off in round two with pick number 35, the Kings selected defenseman Helga Granz uh, from Malmo in the SHL. And he is someone who had been ranked to go late in the first, maybe early in the second, uh, where the Kings got him uh, as high as 15th in, in the draft. He's someone who I had sort of heard buzz around the Kings wanting to look at him. And I know that Rob Blake kept trying to trade up to get into the bottom of the first round. And maybe it's possible that he's someone who they had been targeting, hoping would still be there when they realized they weren't going to be able to trade back up. The Kings were lucky enough to be able to snag someone who fell in the draft, which is really kind of the story of a lot of these players. Uh, So Granz is 18 years old. He's already 6'3". Last season, uh, the 2019-20 season, that is what I'm going to mean by last season whenever I'm talking about this, so I don't have to clarify that every time. Uh, last season in the uh, under 20 Super Elite League, he played 27 games and had 27 points, uh, and uh, as well as playing 21 games in the SHL, uh, had three points over those games. This season, uh, because Sweden is, of course, already playing, he has three games under his belt in the SHL for Malmo. Uh, three games played, one goal, one assist. So, you know, already on track to way outpace his performance from last year in the SHL. One of the reasons that he may have dropped in the draft, which is one of those reasons where you just kind of shake your head at it, but it is what it is. He had a really bad performance at the Hlinka Gretzky Cup, basically kind of like played himself out of being an interesting player to watch at all. Uh, And like it or not, like even though this is just one short competition, a lot of evaluation is done off of stuff like that. That's why we keep hearing how tough the draft was this year because they didn't have the Memorial Cup. They didn't have summer showcases or anything. All sorts of stuff that teams use to evaluate players uh, was all gone. 
So that probably could have dropped him in the rankings. He did excel, like I said, at the super elite level and in the limited SHL appearances he got last season was okay, you know, for a very young person playing in a men's league. Uh, the biggest asset of his is his skating. It's just very smooth in all directions. It's always a little funny to me whenever you hear of a defenseman who, who can't skate backwards because that's kind of half of their job, but he is someone who no matter what direction he's moving in, whether it's front, back, uh, laterally, uh, he is pretty good uh, at those sorts of movements. He's already really good one-on-one -on -one with players when he's defending uh, someone coming back into his zone. The issues with him and maybe some of the reasons why he dropped in the draft are all things that can really be addressed by coaching, by continuing to develop, by really focusing in on these trouble areas. And one of them is just uh, his awareness of what's going on on the ice. In the Elite Prospects draft guide that they put out, uh, they said that he was someone who got caught puck watching a lot uh, rather than anticipating plays and getting himself in a position, you know, know where the puck is going instead of looking at the puck kind of stuff. Uh, and that's something that he can learn. He can learn to be better at. And then confidence uh, is something that uh, the, the scouts at Elite Prospects also pointed out where a lot of his errors seemed to come from him sort of second guessing or hesitating on his movements on the plays he was going to make. And that confidence is something that can only come with more experience and more uh, exposure to high level hockey and stuff. So that's something that I think he can definitely grow out of. Number 45, pick 45, the Kings traded up to get this pick. So they really wanted this player. Brock Faber is a defenseman, uh, played with the U.S. National Team Development Program, is committed next season to the University of Minnesota. He is a native Minnesotan. He is the first Minnesotan taken in this year's draft. He had kind of like a polarizing draft profile or draft ranking ranked anywhere from 23rd to 113th so kings kind of got him right around in the middle of there uh, last year with the u18 u.s squad he had 46 games played 12 points in those games in ushl matches 19 games nine points total and like let's just get this out of the way right now brock faber is probably never going to wow you with his offense he isn't necessarily a scorer, and that's fine, because the game that he plays is so grown up already, let's say. It's very poised, it's a very smart game that I don't think he needs to be scoring, because he can do so much to to help make plays, to help keep his team from, you know, losing possession, stuff like that, that he doesn't necessarily need to be on the score sheet. He was probably overshadowed some by Jake Sanderson, uh, who went much higher in the draft, who also played on the development program. Could things have been different had Sanderson not been there and Faber got different assignments or whatever? Um, that's very possible. He's an excellent skater, ranked kind of consistently near the top when, you're, when you were considering draft eligible defensemen uh, for this year and understands really how to use his his body weight, his center of gravity to, to get his body where it needs to be to get the right position, to accelerate better, uh, to have better edge work and stuff. He's just really good physically on his skates. Uh, he's described kind of as a little more calculating in his moves uh, rather than being aggressive. He just is someone who will anticipate where you're going to be and take away your opportunity. He really does well at uh, keeping opposing players from having the opportunity to even get to dangerous spots on the ice. He really does well at pushing them to the outside so that they 
have to work a little harder to get the puck to the net. He's really great as a puck mover, good at zone exits, zone entries, stuff like that. Generally has pretty good awareness of what's going on the ice and is responsible in his own end. So really just kind of the the biggest issue with him was just he maybe didn't have the greatest opportunities to show off his skills because of the team he was on, because of higher ranked defensive prospects kind of getting more minutes. He also had a defense partner who maybe wasn't particularly good, so kind of had to do double the work in some ways. He's someone who a lot of people are saying could be a really good steal for the Kings. He has been compared sort of stylistically to Charlie McAvoy taking aside the offense because McAvoy is someone who does frequently provide great offense for the Bruins, but just the same style of game. And if we can get even like half of what Charlie McAvoy is, I think that is a really great steal for the Kings. We're going to talk about the rest of the draft picks and the one acquisition that the Kings made on draft day coming up next. First, though, let's talk about Built Go. Built Go is brought to you by the same people who brought you Built Bar. So first off, before you even learn anything about Built Go, you know that you are getting something that is all natural, that is good for you, and is from a quality company. Because Built Bar is the world's fastest growing protein bar, and now they are branching out into replacements for your energy drinks. Because Built Go is a great snack whenever you feel like you are just ready to hit the wall. You're tired, you have been following the draft for seven hours, and you still have draft profiles to write and players to research and all that stuff, and you just need a little boost, that's what Built Go is for. It helps you break through that wall, get the energy you need to go and get your work done, to finish that workout, to finish that article, whatever it is. It's basically like five-hour energy drinks without the same sort of crash at the end, plus it is all natural, so it is better for your body. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Speaking of just being too busy and too tired and too worn out to do anything, cooking. What's that all about, huh? If you're tired of cooking, if you're tired of having to make decisions, if you open the refrigerator door and you're like, nope, not today, this is where DoorDash comes in to help you because it means that you've got one less thing to worry about because DoorDash will take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you are craving right now directly to your door, especially with the new contactless delivery option, you can be guaranteed that your food will be left at your front door and everything will be safe and simple. And at the end of the day, you will have great food. It's super easy to order. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will come directly to you. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open. They're still doing delivery. So just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant and your food will be on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Now, back to the draft. The Kings made some more moves by trading the number 60 pick to the New York to the New York Rangers to receive forward Leas Anderson, who was a first round draft pick just a couple of years ago. He went seventh in the draft and has just never fit 
with the Rangers. There, for whatever reason, he didn't fit with the NHL system. He did not fit with their AHL team, which the Hartford Wolfpack was just has just historically been bad for the past several years. He never really seemed to to fit into their system and is a little bit of a reclamation project because of that for the Kings, uh, because he is someone who maybe there are attitude issues, maybe there are issues of motivation, maybe whatever. Uh, but when you listen to his side of it, when you listen to him in interviews in Swedish media, kind of talked about the way that he felt he was sort of mismanaged in the Ranger system, uh, talks about having to be kind of forced to play through injuries, uh, particularly to his feet, and also sort of alluded to just a really bad time mentally there in that organization. And so he basically left and went back to Sweden and the Rangers needed to do something with him. He did not seem like he was going to come back to them. And so the Rangers made their move, traded him to the Kings and the Kings now have a like low risk, high reward kind of move that they have made. Because if he even turns out to be a fraction of what the Rangers thought they had in him when they drafted him in the first round a couple years ago, he is going to be a great depth option for this team. I think that he is motivated to get back to the NHL. I think that he is aware that this is probably his last chance to come back to the NHL and to not blow it. He has a lot of connections to the Kings organization already. Um, he's played on the World Juniors team with Adrian Kempe. He is best friends with Jacob Mavarari, who is a Kings prospect uh, who we believed was going to be coming over to the U.S. this year until COVID happened. And his dad is a European scout for the Kings. So there's already some familiarity with the organization. I actually was going back for the, the newsletter that I do, uh, line to the throne.substack.com. You can go subscribe to it. Put together a little post showing where you can find all of these guys on social media. And of course, because we love dogs here at the Los Angeles Kings world, I uh, go through their social media to see if they post about dogs. And he had no dog pictures, but he did have a picture from the 2014 Stanley Cup, uh, hanging out with the cup at presumably... A cup party for his dad. I don't know. Uh, the, the Kings had no Swedish players on the team that year, so I just assumed that it was uh, his dad. But all that to say, even though he didn't know this trade was coming, it is an organization that he already has connections to. And I think he's going to be very motivated to get back here, prove the Rangers wrong, prove everyone wrong, and really just sort of get a fresh start. So I am really excited about this. I know Rangers fans are not sad to see him go. I feel like it was a very tumultuous relationship between the two parties. Uh, so I'm sure Rangers fans are like, yeah, good luck. But I'm excited about this. I'm actually planning on talking with uh, John Schick, who hosts Locked on Rangers. Uh, we're going to put something together, kind of get the Rangers perspective on Leas Anderson. But this is a, a move that I was not expecting. But I think for the number 60 pick for a guy who was drafted in the top 10 just a couple, just a handful of years ago, I think could be a really great move for the Kings. He's not quite a draft pick, but he's a new prospect of ours nonetheless. He's currently playing in Sweden. The plan was 
for him to stay over there. I, I believe that that's probably what's going to happen. They're, the Kings are just going to let him play out this season in Sweden and then see what happens after that with COVID and, and everything. Who knows what will happen? But right now he's playing in Sweden. He's actually suspended right now for a hit to the head, but uh, he'll be back. I think it was a five-game suspension, so he'll be back uh, shortly, and we'll get to kind of see what he has to offer in, in the Swedish leagues. With their next pick, number 66, the Kings went to Finland and and selected Kasper Simontaval, uh, who is a right wing playing for Tapara. Uh, he's 18 years old. He's 5'9", so a little new of a profile for the Kings uh, to be drafting some smaller boys. Uh, he played in three different leagues in 2019-20. Had his best performances uh, with the under-20 league where he had 57 points in 48 games, seven points in three playoff games. Uh, he is up playing at in the Liga now, which is the, the top league, uh, only has one game under his belt. The negatives on him, he's 5'9". That's sometimes a problem. Uh, and his skating is not great. Everything else about him, though, is very, very good. He is a two-way winger. He's very competitive, uh, strong in the corners, strong in front of the net, uh, fearless, one of those players who, you know, plays bigger than he is, doesn't seem to know that he's 5'9", whatever. He's known as having good positioning, both with and without the puck as well, and has a really strong release. A scout who writes for Elite Prospects said that it was the best shot on a finished player in this year's draft. Can't do anything about his height. Hope that maybe he'll grow another couple inches or, you know, we'll just add on a couple inches that aren't really there. But he can improve his skating. And that is something that I think the Kings have never really shied away from drafting players who have poor skating skills. Sometimes it limits them and they never really make it to the NHL. Just look at Michael Mersch, who is basically an AHL lifer at this point. Uh, and the biggest reason why is because he's just not a good skater. He's not fast and did not really learn to compensate for his poor skating. But then you look at someone like Tyler Toffoli, who dropped in the draft because of his skating. And, you know, he's still not great, but he makes it work. And has become a long-term, somewhat prolific scorer, uh, despite these issues with his skating. So the skating is not really a big concern, and it's something that the Kings have been able to work with, have been able to develop in their prospects. And, you know, the, the, the risk is worth the potential reward of getting a player who is known as having a really great shot. With the 83rd pick in the draft, the Kings selected Bizarro World Alexi Lafreniere, because they selected New Jersey-born Alex LaFerriere. He's a right wing. He plays for the Des Moines Buccaneers in the USHL. Uh, he's already six feet tall, was ranked kind of right around where the Kings got him, anywhere from 62 to 113. So Kings kind of had him in the middle of that range. Uh, the further considerations draft rankings had him at 85, which is pretty darn close to where the Kings picked him. In 42 games last season with Des Moines, he had 45 points. In this coming season, he is committed to play at Harvard. Uh, the Des Moines Buccaneers were not a great team last year in the USHL, and he generated a lot of offense for a team that was not good. Uh, he's known as a, quote, scoring forward with some grit, per elite prospects, uh, is someone who's 
unafraid of the physical game, not afraid to, you know, go up against the boards, get into puck battles, any of that stuff, and creates a lot of room for himself on the ice uh, using his movement and, and his skating. As usual, and I feel like we're going to hear this with basically every single prospect, he needs to work on his skating uh, to get it up to the NHL level and needs to keep moving his feet. He would get kind of caught just waiting for something to happen. And then by the time it happened, he was stationary and so didn't get the acceleration, didn't get the movement he needed to be able to catch up with the play or whatever. So there are some big concerns about his skating. And at this point, I'm going to talk about a player that like none of you actually care about or know about probably. Um, But that player is Baker Shore, who is the youngest brother of Nick Shore, who was a former king. Baker Shore used to play on the Chicago Steel, which is my local USHL team. And because of the novelty of having uh, the youngest brother of the Shore family on my local team, I watched a lot of him. Uh, And also the one year he basically played on their top line and did really well because he was playing with one of the best players in the league. One of those sorts of situations. He also committed to Harvard and has now played two years there. I went to the Beanpot last year, I think it was, and saw Harvard play. And of course, checked in on my average skilled son, Baker Shore. And his skating had drastically improved from the two seasons-ish that I watched him in the USHL to the like two games that I saw him play for Harvard when I was in Boston. So if the biggest concern with... Alex Laferriere is his skating and and is his need to improve that. The coaching staff at Harvard worked wonders with Baker Shore based off of my like non-professional opinion. His overall stride, the smoothness of his skating, the way he used his edges and his like center of gravity and stuff all looked vastly different from when I saw him playing just a season ago in the USHL. So Harvard is going to be really good for him in working on that. And the things about continuing to move your feet, continuing to get involved in the play uh, are things that he can learn and that can be coached out of him. So from my own personal observations, it does seem like Harvard and their coaching staff is pretty good at helping players overcome their skating deficiencies. So that is something that I think they'll be able to sort of develop out of Alex Laferriere. We've got some more prospects coming up, including a goaltender who no one seemed to know anything about. Uh, That is coming up next on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. First though, let's talk about Roman because it's not easy to talk about erectile dysfunction for a lot of people. It gets brushed off, it gets avoided, it, it's just not a conversation that people want to have. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. And you get to talk with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. The whole process is simple, it is safe, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to figure out the best treatment plan. And if medication is the way you're going to go, Roman will send it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is really easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on NHL and complete an online visit. Everything is totally discreet, very straightforward, and a whole easy way to tackle this issue. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and get it all taken care of. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. 
Just a couple more prospects to talk about as we do our quick rundown of all of the Kings' new draft picks. In the fourth round of the draft at number 112, the Kings selected goaltender Juho Markkanen, who is 18 years old. He's 6'2". He's somewhere between 146 pounds and 180 pounds, depending on who you ask. He's very very thin. He is a Finnish goaltender born in Edmonton, though. He is the son of former Oilers goaltender, Yussi uh, Markkinen, who, when he went back to Europe, spent quite an amount of time playing at Saipa. He is currently the GM of Saipa, which is uh, the team that Juho Markkinen plays for. So that's a, you know, interesting connection. He played for one, two, three, four different leagues, plus the under 18 team for Finland in the 2019-20 season. So bounced around quite a lot. A little hard to get a picture of what he really has because he has not played consistently for a long amount of time on any given team. This year, he's already sort of bounced between two teams uh, and is currently loaned to Ketera in the Mestis League, uh, which is the second highest league in Finland. He definitely needs to fill out his frame. He is tall, but he is very skinny. And, and so, you know, needs to put some weight and some muscle on. He has a three-year deal with his Finnish team. So it is quite, it's going to be quite some time before he even entertains the idea of coming over here to the U.S. He does have a lot of athletic ability, quick reflexes. I hate the compa- I hate the fact that everyone compares every athletic goalie to Jonathan Quick, but I saw a couple clips of him and I was like, that's some Jonathan Quick right there. He did some great work with a less than great Finnish under-18 team uh, in the Five Nations tournament. Ended that tournament with a .927 save percentage. Right now, he kind of projects out to be an AHL starter maybe some spot duty in the NHL. If you're extra patient with his development, he could develop further into backup or, you know, 1A, 1B kind of NHL goaltender uh, capability. But right now looks to be kind of a depth pick with the hopes of him blossoming into something more. In the fifth round, the Kings got what could be another steal in the draft in Martin Kromiak. He's a left wing currently playing for the Kingston Frontenacs. Uh, He's six foot tall. He was initially ranked anywhere between 41 and 78 in the draft. So he slipped quite a ways. In the 2019-20 season, he played in the Slovak Men's League, played 32 games, only six points, just wasn't getting a huge opportunity with the men's team. And so he went to Canada and went to the OHL and where he played for Kingston, 33 points in 28 games. This season, he is committed to play at Kingston again. Now, I know the numbers in the men's league are a little underwhelming, a lot underwhelming. But if you look at his history... He has been at least a point-per-game player in pretty much every other league he has played in. 2016-17 season with the under-16 team, 38 points in 16 games played. In the playoffs, 27 points in 20 games played. Under-18 team, 6 points in 7 games played. Next season, under-16s, 29 points in 11 games. Under-18s, 31 points in 22 games. In the playoffs, 10 points in 11 games. 2018-19 season, with the U18s, 12 points in 4 games. U20, 46 points in 39 games, and 17 points in 15 playoff games. He was on the second all-rookie team for the OHL after this past season, after playing just a half season, essentially, with them. He has proven himself as a scorer, at every level. He has a 
good shot in terms of accuracy and release and everything. He is known as a good passer. He does need to improve his shot selection. Uh, A lot of scouts noted that he was not picking his shots very well, that he was firing too early when he was on a breakaway, stuff like that, uh, and just sort of general playmaking awareness. He did get a lot of criticism, and this is probably why he dropped so far, for being kind of a passenger, for being someone who does not play very well away from the puck and who, who just needs to work a lot harder. Some of that could have been making the transition to the OHL, and it'll be interesting to watch him this coming year to see what has changed to see how he's developed year over year. Uh, He's someone who, again, if he can put the whole game together, he has the scoring, he has the ability. He just needs to, I don't want to say get over himself, but get over himself (laughs) in some ways of playing every shift, every minute that he's out there and not just kind of standing and waiting for something to happen. An interesting player that, that fell into the king's lap and who could be a really solid pick if he manages to mature uh, as a person and as a player. With pick 140, the Kings selected defenseman Ben Meehan, who plays for the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders in the USHL. Uh, He's from Massachusetts. He's 19 years old, uh, six feet tall. Last season, he played 25 games for Cedar Rapids, 36 points in those games. Uh, He's committed to UMass Lowell for the upcoming season. Uh, The Kings already have a prospect there, Andre Lee. Uh, Meehan was undrafted in 2019, uh, and this year the Kings took a chance on him. He eats up huge minutes for Cedar Rapids, uh, is known as being a physical player, aggressive, unafraid to make hits, stuff like that, and has a lot of hustle. Uh, to keep plays alive, uh, is generally known as a pretty confident player. He did miss a large chunk of last season with an injury. That is something that dropped him down in a lot of prospect rankings. Uh, He is a slower defenseman. Uh, Again, that's something that can be worked on and needs to stay healthy. He does have a little bit of an injury history. The injury last year was a knee injury, uh, so uh, unknown necessarily how he's going to look coming off of that. But that is Ben Meehan. And then with the Kings' last pick, uh, they chose Atu Johnson, who is a right-wing player playing for the Pelicans system in Finland. He's 18 years old, 6'2". In the 2019-20 season with the U18 team, he played 24 games and had 47 points. Uh, with the under-20 team, he had two games with no points. This season, he is already in action. Nine games, 20 points. So... He is someone who a lot of people thought maybe wasn't going to be drafted after last season. He had kind of an underwhelming end to his season, just didn't really stand out in the way that you wanted him to. And then he exploded at the beginning of the season. Again, 20 points, nine games. That is almost half of his production from last year in less than half of the games. I'm not good at math, but like that's a lot of points. Uh, Mark Yannetti said that he is a player who was pretty underrated, plays in a league that doesn't get scouted quite as much. And Yanetti even said that being able to watch him in games this season kind of answered some of their questions that they had about him 
uh, when they were evaluating whether or not to draft him. They had actually been prepared to take him earlier in the draft, but he just kind of kept slipping and uh, the Kings took him with their seventh round pick. So he is someone who, again, it's a seventh round pick who you never know what's going to happen with them. But as many people pointed out, Joe Pavelski was a seventh round pick and look at him, you know, not to say that this kid has anything close to Joe Pavelski, but uh, he is a player who just was not particularly rated very highly on the back of a kind of poor performance in some ways last season, but is off to a really hot start right now and uh, is going to be interesting to watch as he continues to develop. So those are all our prospects. Those are all our new boys. I am excited to keep an eye on all of them over the next season as they all grow and develop and all that great stuff. I will, of course, keep tabs on them all year long and we'll talk about them on the show. And I'm trying to, you know, make sure to share more things on Twitter. So make sure you're following the show Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Uh, I will be retweeting cool stuff that I find out about our prospects and gifts and videos and stuff. Uh, as I as I see it all, you know, all all off season long, especially now that all the European leagues are in play. That's it for today. Monday's show gonna be a Justin Williams retrospective because he announced on Thursday that he is retiring from hockey officially. And so Jared Ellis from the Locked on Hurricanes show, he and I are going to get together and talk some Justin Williams. So that is coming up on Monday. If you have Justin Williams memories, stories, favorite moments, favorite goals, whatever, uh, let me know. I'd love to talk about them on the show. I'd love to share your memories uh, with everybody. You can tweet at me at Locked on LA Kings. You can send me an email, Locked on LA Kings at gmail.com. Uh, I would love to hear from you and your thoughts about Justin Williams. But that's it for today. Like I said, this show is on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. I'm on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Make sure you're following me in all those great places. Make sure you're subscribed to this show if you aren't already. Leave a rating or a review on whatever your favorite podcast platform is to tell other people how much you're enjoying this show. Tell your friends all about it because we've got lots of great stuff coming up for you in the rest of the off season as we learn about our prospects, as we, of course, keep an eye on free agency to see what the Kings do. And uh, yeah. That's it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.